0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952.
1: Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes. We're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan.
0: 10.05, hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you for one more hour. Spent the whole first hour basically talking about the NFL. Got our hater to love it, which I'm assuming we'll have some NFL as well at 10.30. But right now, let's switch gears to your Portland Trailblazers who... Did beat the Suns yesterday, and don't be fooled by the score. It was a very, very big blowout until they decided to bring in the entirety of their deep bench to play the last, like, four minutes of the game. But basically gave up the game, but they still won by, what was it, six points was the final score. Um, But I don't – it's the Suns. You're supposed to beat the Suns. CJ played a good game. I want to look at the Thunder game more specifically. The Thursday game, the one – big one everyone was tied during that game it was the Thunder the Rockets and the Blazers all had the same record from the three through the five seed it was an important game not that it was going to matter for the divisional matchup because you were already down 0-3 to them in the season series but it was a huge game nonetheless and it was kind of a prove-it game I think a little bit after a good road trip you come back you play the Thunder a team that's owned you this year a team that could be a playoff matchup for you and I'm a little bit unsure how to view it. I'm, I'm kind of stuck. A, or in, in one way, I think of it this way. You forced overtime against a really good team. Russell Westbrook actually shot the ball well for the first time, for the most part, in a very long time. And you still forced overtime. Thanks to a little bit of luck after you got some bad luck. And because of the use of Nurkic ejection, you didn't win in overtime, which I think we all saw coming. But B, the other thought, so that to me that's A, you played, played a good game, it was a solid game, you can't win them all. But on the, other, on the other hand, I'm going, how many times have we seen the Blazers against a really good team in the West, in a really close late game, over time or not, not be able to finish? Not be able to get that win. It's almost like there's a, a slight wall to jump over for them to get to that level that we think they can get to in winning those kinds of games and they didn't win that game so that still sticks with me well you played a really important game against a really good team who you've struggled with this year who you hate which is apparent and they hate you and you lost and you lost all four times this year and all four of those games were close by the way with the thunder at in the fourth quarter so is that a problem is that the thunder just being that much better than you or are we looking at it more positively that you were in that game and only because Nurkic got ejected did you lose.
2: Well, I, I think the Blazers are past the point of looking at games from a positive standpoint. You know, like, oh, well, you know, here's where you can get better. And, you know, you got to feel good about it. I think that's for the teams that are up and coming and you're you're trying to get a playoff spot. I think the Blazers are past that now. I think we're past the let's just get to the playoffs thing. The Blazers know that they have to win a playoff series. And then on the same night, Charles Barkley comes out and says, the Blazers are going to the finals. And then right before that, Kenny Smith says, the Blazers are going to the Western Conference finals. So you look at a team that already has a lot of expectation, because I think a lot of people outside of Portland think that, man, the Blazers are one of those teams that could do some stuff. They're one of the few teams in the Western Conference that actually has some cohesiveness. They've been together for a long time, for the most part. Now, new additions like Cantor and Hood and all those guys, but Lehman's Layman, been there for a, a, a few years now. You know, Nurkic has been there for a few years. Uh, now this is his third year in Portland. Uh, Evan Turner, even though he's not playing right now, this is his third year in Portland. You could look at a lot of guys in the Western Conference where things are constantly moving. I and mean, outside of Golden State, tell me a team that's, you know, that's been together longer than the Blazers, you know, at this point, And had playoff success or uh, playoff opportunities uh, than the Blazers like Denver's a great team do you trust Denver going into the playoffs right now no not I don't really think a lot of people you know, trust Denver not really I mean I think they're a really good team but I think the Blazers are a better team and so when you look at games like this I'm not looking at the for the the silver lining you know I'm looking for the win and the the, the simple fact is Nurkic and couldn't stay on the floor in the fourth quarter be it one way or the other he did a made a bonehead decision. And decided to headbutt Paul George after he had already got a technical and got himself ejected from the game. And that changed really what OKC was able to do.
0: Right. Because as we've learned, Dennis Cantor really can't play defense. No. That was obviously we all saw the stats that he was the worst-rated defender at the center position. But you can't, it's hard to believe till you see it on a nightly basis. He is an atrocious defender. And they just went after him in the pick and roll and in the paint the entirety of overtime. And it worked. It worked. Um, I do want to play this before we move on. This was the Chuck and Kenny clip on uh, Inside the NBA on TNT, where they both proclaimed Blazers to the NBA Finals. Who's the biggest threat to the Golden State Warriors? I said, now it's the Portland Trailblazers.
2: Okay, so the biggest. But now, so I'm what am go I putting on the board? That it will in the Western Conference Finals, the Portland Trailblazers will be playing the Golden State Warriors.
1: Okay. I want to go further. Let's see. And say in the NBA Finals, the Portland Trailblazers will be there. Oh, stop it! I want to be. Portland, I go that Portland will be in I the Western, Western go that Conference fall.
0: Final. Another chance? Yes. Are, are you? Finals. Are you? I'm going. Are Western you nibbling Conference. on that bait too? I'm still in on the Nuggets. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. I'm still riding the Nuggets. But what? It, it, is this going to be good enough to go on the wall? No, it's not. Hold on!
2: Not Hold on. on! Come on, man! Come
0: on! I'm not going to disparage the Denver
2: Nuggets. Just Just I worry about
0: this. Put it on the board. The Portland Trailblazers are going to the finals. The finals. Uh, wow. The NBA okay. finals. We are in agreement. We are in agreement. We, you know, yeah are not in agreement. I, I went there. Uh, I went there. Go ahead, Kim. I'm going there.
2: Yeah, they went there.
0: It's, uh, and then Reggie Miller proceeded to make fun of them for it on the broadcast, which was kind of weird, but I just, I think that, to your point, Rashad, I, I mean, we, we're, we're unsure how much they're saying that to be outlandish cheek, and have yeah. it, well, will not tongue in cheek, but just have a different wild opinion or how much they kind of believe that. I think Kenny Smith, I think believes that he's kind of been on the blazers for the last couple of weeks. Remember the Raptors game they played, he goes, ah, oh, this could be the NBA finals preview. And he, he was saying that with some sincerity. And I believe he does think that <clears throat> I think Charles Barkley was doing that a little bit to be a little shock value. but I think that helps prove to your point. They're not, going to look at this game and say, "Oh, well, how about the, those positives of a close game, right? If they're saying, believe it or not, NBA finals for the Blazers and the Blazers can't look at that as a good loss. It's a loss to yeah. a team that's competitive with you. And you know, you could look at some of the other stats that that matter and the Blazers are still 15 and 17 away from home. Now, look, it's not like teams play well away from home as as an indication ignore the Warriors because of the Warriors. The Nuggets are 16 and 16 on the road. The Rockets are 17 and 16 on the road. The Thunder are 18 and 17 on the road. Blazers, 15 and 17. Jazz, 16 and 17. Spurs are 12 and 22 on the road this year. Mm. Like, it's not easy to win on the road in the NBA. It isn't. And the Blazers aren't doing a great job of it, but it's not like they're that much worse than everybody else. Again, ignore the Warriors. But the other thing that's a little bit nerve-wracking is they're 21 and 21 against the West. They're dominant against the East. They have the best record in the NBA against the Eastern Conference. But in the West, they're 21 and 21. All the teams around them, all of them, from one down to eight, have winning records in the West. The Warriors are 27 and 12. The Nuggets are 28 and 14. The Rockets are 22 and 17. The Thunder are 24 and 20. The Jazz are 23 and 19. The Clippers are 25 and 20. And the Spurs are 26 and 19. The Blazers are 21 and 21. You're going to be in the West playoffs. You have to play Western Conference teams before you get to enjoy your advantage over the East in the NBA Finals. If you make it that far, which seems very unlikely, so that's another problem for them too. They have to win on the road and they have to win in the conference.
2: No, they they definitely have to win on on for your conference. That's that's number one. And you know the good thing is, you know, really outside of Golden State, you know, pretty much every team is right in this. Like you said, right in the same spot like there's no great home team you know there's no great road team like i think the best home team is clearly the warriors because they're the warriors they've got the best players so you kind of expect that but the one thing for me is like that that thing with kenny kind of brings up a a point to we view the blazers differently because this is our team you know i throw the royal we you know we everyone here you know these are guys that you run into at the mall you'll see at dinner every now and then, like, so you you look at them a, a little bit differently. So this these 40 wins that they have, you know, they could be better. If they just did this, they could be better. Nationally, we got to think of how other people look at the Blazers, and I think it's much, much different. You're looking at a team that's been in the playoffs for the past four years and or th- three years, or even before that with LaMarcus and everything, but as a Damian Lillard-led team for the past three years, and to my knowledge, up until, you know, they were third seed last year, they were the fifth seed the year prior and i think it was was yeah and they still got home court
0: because of the weird rules before they yeah
2: and then the year that you know LaMarcus actually left they end up getting the fourth seed somewhere right around there i think it was so here's a team that's considered one of the best in the west every year and if you're you know a, a, a basketball fan that lives in denver or lives in utah or lives in minnesota man you probably got a lot of respect for the blazers and what they're able to do so i could see how kenny smith could look at this team who's been together for a while and say man the Blazers can be better than OKC down the stretch. The Blazers can be better than Houston. Now we see them more often. We we see all the games. They don't just see the ones that are on. We see the warts. Yeah, yeah, we yeah exactly. So we know that yeah we don't want
0: to play Houston in no. the first round. No one wants to play Houston. You in the you first
2: don't round. really you don't want to play Oklahoma City in the first round. Well, that's just I, I I honestly don't think you don't, you know they they showed in four games that even down the stretch even if they win by one or they win by one hundred at the end of the game at the end of the day they
0: they they've won those games. All right. Let's break because I do want to talk about that because the Blazers came out after the game and said, we want OKC in the playoffs. We'd relish that opportunity to play them in, in, in a playoff series. Let's discuss that a little bit. Plus, I want to take a gander at the rest of the Blazers schedule because with the Thunders loss to the Clippers, they lost the night after the Blazer game, which honestly kind of makes sense. It was a back to back. They had to travel again. It was a super intense game against the Blazers. They are still tied with them and only a half came back of the Rockets. So the loss of the Thunder in the long run Although it sucks, it didn't actually hurt the standings too much. You're kind of back where you were in the first place. I guess you could have. If you won that game, you'd be up a game or two now. But either way, you're kind of back to the same spot. But that Thunder series would be so fascinating to watch in the first round. And let's get to that next. Sports Sunday on the Fan.
1: Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
0: 10:19 here on your Sunday morning. Blazers after their loss to the Thunder on Thursday. A couple of articles you read, Jason Quick's article or Joe Freeman's article, basically said that they were they want the Thunder in in maybe not the first round, but they want to see the player Blazer. Or sorry, God, speak Mike. They want to see the Thunder in the first round of the playoffs or in any round of the playoffs to match up with them again. Interesting. It shows a competitive spirit, right? It shows that you want to play a team that beat you four times and that you want to prove that you can't lose eight times to one team in a season. Although that's a dangerous thing to ask as well. But I think for fans, that would be the most fascinating matchup, and I desperately want to see that. Because these two teams clearly hate each other. There is there is a lot of extra going on there. Russell Westbrook is on a different level when he's playing the Blazers. Yusuf Nurkic is on a different level when he's playing the Thunder in terms of being pesky and annoying and, hell, for lack of a better term for both of them, bratty and making those kind of decisions. It's fun. It's just fun to watch. That game on Thursday, hell, even with the refs getting involved with some of the weird calls that they made, it was just such a fun game. I was sitting there, watching it and going we deserve nothing better than or nothing more than overtime this is perfect this is what we deserve as fans watching this game
2: i, I was really hoping the game didn't go into overtime because i felt like that's where the wheels would fall off for them but yeah uh, I, that was a it was a fun game to watch it was an entertaining game to watch you know you you know how already you know how westbrook is a weird weirdo in the first place westbrook is easily the weirdest dude in the NBA as far as the way he acts, the way he responds. He's just a different cat, you know, and we kind of all know that. Nurkic has this thing to be the tough dude all the time. He wants to be the tough guy on the team, and I don't know why because you go down like a, a stack of bricks every single time you get hit. So if somebody actually put a hand on you, I think Nurkic would would go down Glass Joe style, you know, no problem. You, you see know? how
0: hard that elbow was that Paul George I saw how hard it
2: was, but I, at the same time, I don't... I, I. I it didn't look like it warranted the two timeouts and everything because Nurkic was still laid on the ground and everything. Like I, this, we've seen that for a while. He's hit in the face a lot,
0: and yeah, I think he. Uh, there was an article last year has been hit in the face and drawn more flagrant fouls due to that than. I don't, I don't know if it was anybody in history or is anyone in recent history, but the numbers were staggering. People don't like
2: Nurk through the through the NBA. You know, you see, he had the thing with Ben Simmons uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, clearly, gets into it with Paul George the other day, like. I think I think I don't think that's an accident that Nurk is hit in the face as much as he is. You know, I, I think there there's something something to that. But that was a great game. Now, if you get seven more, you know, fingers crossed, games, matchups, like that, that would be like awesome.
0: That? A seven game series, that'd be great. Only thing is, the drama would be insane. The hate would go even higher. Like I said, yes, you lost all four to them, but all four were close games almost entirely the way through. So you would get a great series. Now, do the Blazers win that series? They could, but it's not easy. I don't think any of the ones they're going to get, honestly, are going to be easy. Uh, but I just, if if the Blazers have to play a competitive, really close first-round series, maybe you say you want them to play the Jazz, right? Because the Jazz could be more beatable. But I think the Thunder are beatable because the only person who's really done it against you is Paul George. Obviously, he before the last game, he averaged 40 points a game against the Blazers this season. But... I mean, Westbrook can't hit a shot to save his life right now, and he played well in that game, but generally he can't. Steven Adams is a good putback center, but not the best against the pick-and-roll, as you saw in the first quarter where Yusuf Nurkic kind of dominated him a little bit. I think you could have a competitive series in that one. So if you're going to get the extra drama and all the extra stuff that goes with it, I'd love to see that series. No, with, with it, a chance it, it
2: would be an awesome series, but um, it's it's a lot of the other guys. Jerry and Grants, you know, the, from from them and. You know, even That's Jeremy, no- Grant. Jeremy Grant, excuse Former me, uh, Yeah, Jeremy Grant, who who had a really good game for them. I think six from nine uh, from the field, and had fourteen points. Uh, Nerlens Noel was able to put in you know fourteen really good minutes, and you know get knock a couple free throws down, which a lot of people really weren't expecting. Then you have another you got starting Markeith Morris. too. Markeith Morris, like, hey, how how big of an addition has he been now? While he wasn't huge in that game. He's going to be big for them down the stretch. He just brings kind of this,
0: like, rebounding energy guy. Man,
2: Marcus and Markeith have the almost exact same game. I think Marcus is a little bit better of a shooter, but Markeith can shoot as well. And then you have Dennis Schroeder. I think that's the part for OKC that could really be the killer against the Blazers. You have another dude that's probably really a starter. Dennis Schroeder is a starting point guard in the league, but he's coming off the bench, you know, giving you 27 solid minutes and able to put 14 points on the board and give you a few assists and a few steals and everything in between there. Like, it's those things, like when you start getting into the bench, that's good. Rodney Hood didn't play bad, you know, that game. He, you know, 10 points and everything. But I think it's going to be a lot of those other guys. Like, Seth Curry is going to need to be able to show you just, just you know, a little bit more of that shooting stroke in between there. I think you're going to have to see something from Jake Lehman. You know, he's kind of been down over the last little bit, but he has to kind of pick that up. It's the bench guys from the Blazers. I'm not so much worried About anybody in the starting rotation. Nurkic staying on the floor from making, from doing silly fouls. If he gets two or three fouls early in the game, you can pretty much consider Nurkic irrelevant for the rest of the game because he won't be on the floor Mm -hmm. because too many fouls and that'll be it for him. So,
0: which is why you brought in Cantor, although you lose a lot defensively clearly with him on the floor. That changes
2: everything with Cantor on the floor.
0: Offensively, you at least don't lose that. He can still play in the pick and roll, he can still score, still grab rebounds. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. There are things to worry about. I think there are in, in any of the series they could potentially get, right? You play the Jazz. You have the best defensive center in the NBA going up against your two bigs, who you were using as a huge reason why you think you might be able to win a playoff series because now you have guys who can help outside of Dame and CJ. What, what I think also is even though they lost that game against the Thunder, there were a couple of moments in the fourth quarter that made me realize that, sure, from what I said when the trades happened originally, does it make you better enough to get you out of the first round? I'm not sure, but it makes you more competitive. Damian Lillard was able to drive and then dish to Rodney Hood, who nailed a corner three. He was able to drive and go find Seth Curry, who can hit a three and can mm-hmm. also find his own shot. That's so much better than what happened last year against the Pelicans when your only options were Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless. And, and if
2: Aminu is your option...
0: Right, Aminu will have good games here and there, hitting the three, I mean. Um, but... Man, he coats his hands in butter and he cannot t- hold the ball. He cannot dribble the ball. I don't know what, I don't know. It's a mental thing maybe for him at this point, but he can hit, he can, he can do well one game and hit you some threes, right? But you cannot rely on him to be that guy. Now you don't have to because you have Hood and you have Curry and hell, you have Jake Lehman, who, although eh, hasn't played quite as well the last, last week or so, can still hit it. You three. know it's there.
2: You, you know, you know you, it's there. You, you
0: trust guys to hit that shot, whereas you didn't last year. And I think that helps, plus the addition of Cantor. If Nurkic does get into foul trouble, you can go to him and not rely on Zach Collins, who's not ready yet, or Myers Leonard, who does certain things well, but not much else. And then, frankly, Nurkic is better, too. If you're going to play the pick-and-roll game and Nurkic can stay out of foul trouble, he's a huge impact player yeah. for you. Frankly, he's he might be the second-best player on the team over CJ. Now, CJ, when he's hot, is un, untouchable. He, he hits everything like he did last night. When he's cold, like he was against the Thunder, he misses every shot. And takes terrible shots in overtime, and he's kind of a he's kind of a negative impact on your team. That's why I think Nurkic might be the second best player now.
2: Really, I think Nurkic. Your team is going to go in the playoffs as far as Nurkic is really going to be able to take you. Like Dane, we you know he's going to be be able to go out there and do Damian Lillard type things. He's going to shoot from the logo. They're going to go in. He's going to average 25 points, 30 points in in the series. We know that already. Um, it's can Nurkic stay on the floor and stay out of foul trouble. You know, is he going to be able to put a, a a big make sure that the other bigs from the, from the other teams, whomever they're playing, aren't super effective? And luckily in the Western Conference, at least right now in the playoffs, you don't have outside of Boogie Cousins, you don't have a great offensive big man that you're just really going to have to struggle with. Like Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic is the one, and then uh, Boogie, you know, quite possibly. But outside of that, uh, it's pretty. You know, Cat isn't in the playoffs. Uh, and I'm, was, I'm trying to think of the other talented big men in the West, and it's really, it's that
0: difficult right now. Most of them are East. Gobert's better d- defensively than offensive. He's better
2: right? defensively, exactly, but he's not an offensive
0: juggernaut. Same it's, as Steven Adams. And, and so you don't re- you won't really have to worry do about Clint Capella can do it, those. but he relies so much on James Harden. Clint so. Capella,
2: every, oh, 80% of his shots are, you know, manufactured by James Harden or
0: Chris Paul getting him the ball by the rim. All right, let's break. Coming up next, is time for Hate It or Love It. Rashad won last week. See if I can make a comeback this week. But first, Jesse S.
1: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
0: That music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. Jesse will pose questions to us and then will award us points based on our answers and the winner gets to host the last segment. All right, Jesse, I'm assuming we got some NFL today.
3: Of course. (laughs) You know me. Got to find a way to get the football in there as often as I possibly can. We had a
0: lot of football. We did.
3: We did. That first uh, hour was awesome. It reminded me of Football Sundays (laughs) with Mike and Rashad.
2: Yeah, it feels like so long ago.
3: So many months ago. Baseball starts in a couple weeks. We'll be fine. Oh, no. It'll it'll never
2: be Baseball Sunday, Mike. No.
3: No. Only in my heart. In your heart. (laughs) Yeah, in your heart, it's baseball and, like, football Sunday.
0: Go Southampton.
3: Yeah, in case you guys don't know, that's soccer. That's a soccer reference there. Soccer club. (laughs)
0: That is. It's my favorite team in England.
3: Yeah, so uh, we'll, I guess, get this going. Um, We'll start with Antonio Brown. Um, This is an interesting thing. Obviously, they only got a third and a fifth for what is considered to be the best, if not a, I mean, a top three, if not the best receiver in the league. Um, and, And once again, only a third or a fifth round pick for this guy. Um, we don't know exactly what they could have gotten from Buffalo yet. I'm sure that will come out at some point. but um, that just kind of goes to show how much the Steelers wanted to get rid of this guy. Love or hate, moving Brown is addition by subtraction for the Steelers.
0: Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say hate, but I understand where your question is coming from. anytime you lose a player the caliber of antonio brown it's subtraction by subtraction sure there are problems sure there's stuff that went on in the background but he is one of the best receivers in, in the nfl and you would have him and juju smith schuster on your team to make the most terrifying tandem of wide receivers that you could have right now uh frankly maybe even more so than the trio that is in la right now at the rams that is scary and you have ben roethlisberger on that team too so, no, it's not addition by subtraction. You, you're losing Antonio Brown, although I get your point because the Steelers are known for developing wide receivers and are known for doing a good job with developing young talent. And in the NFL, an average player for cheaper might help you out in a little bit, but I don't think you can say that when you're comparing it to one of the best players in the NFL. So, no, it is not. And uh, I, I hate, 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 hate. Hey, hate, hey, hate, hey.
2: Hate. Uh, I, I also um, hate it, um, really, for, for all the reasons most of the reasons Lynch just said, uh, it's hard to lose a guy like Another Antonio Brown right and feel like you're getting better. It's hard to lose a guy like and Bell and feel like you got better. Uh, James Conner had a hell of a season. He was no Le'Veon Bell. Juju Smith-Schuster has really emerged as one of the uh, better receivers in the league. And even still, Antonio Brown doubled him as far as uh, his touchdown uh, receptions for the year. Like, he's that good of a guy. I think a lot of the reasons Smith-Schuster was so successful last year was because Antonio Brown saw a lot of additional double teams and additional coverage, and yet still he was still able to get in the end zone 15 times, and that's with the quarterback who he and he, uh, they didn't really have a great rapport with each other at that point. So I, I look at it as, as subtraction by subtraction, like Lynch said. Unless they're going to go out and find a way to get an Odell Beckham Jr. or somebody half the caliber of, or uh, three-quarters of the caliber of, and Antonio Brown, then I don't know how you look at the situation and say we're better off for it. I don't. I think it's really hard to look at that and say it.
3: Nice, nice. Rashad always comes out with a little bit of noise. Noise. Um, like football man? Uh, we got a couple different things in here for the. I, I, I do want to get one NBA thing in there, but I got several uh, NFL things, so um, I think. Oh, man, this is hard. Uh, Let's go with uh, Josh Rosen because that's interesting. Um, Josh Rosen, obviously, possibly being shopped, possibly not being shopped. Uh, Kyle Murray, possibly going to be the number one overall pick, possibly not. Arizona playing mind games with the league. Um, Some teams have moved on as... uh, Washington seemed to be the most logical spot for a guy like Josh Rosen, but they ended up trading for a guy like Case Keenum. Love or hate? Just with all of these rumors swirling, Josh Rosen will not be a Cardinal week one of the regular season. Uh, love. I'm going
0: to say love on this one. And I know the rumors are swirling and we're not 100% sure what's happening, but something inside me is screaming Cliff Kingsbury is taking Kyler Murray for no matter what happens. And if that's the case, Josh Rosen will not be there because it's going to be Kyler Murray's team. And to be honest, I would not be surprised by this because Josh Rosen last year showed absolutely nothing to me that he could be a good starting quarterback in this league. Uh, Just looking at his stats and looking at his game log, he didn't improve really at all. He was a mediocre quarterback who threw more interceptions than touchdowns, who had two multi-touchdown games the entire season. And as the season went on, got stayed right around the same completion percentage, the 50s, 50% range to the low, low, low 60% range. Barely completed double-digit passes in a couple games. Didn't against the Raiders, whose defense is awful, in the middle of November, 9 of 20 in that game. I mean he just wasn't that good he wasn't ready and we all kind of i was surprised by that i thought he'd be somewhat ready from his ucla days he wasn't and he showed me nothing usually at least with a rookie quarterback you see some marked improvement throughout the year and i know the cardinals sucked but i did not see that with josh rosen
3: um what am i hating that he's that he won't be there love or hate he will not be a cardinal at the end of this or at the beginning of the season um i i mean
2: i've i love that he won't Um, It's unfortunate because, honestly, I don't feel the same way um, as Lynch about Josh Rosen and what he was able uh, to do this year. I look at a kid that came out and uh, in the seven starts that he had, was able to put up 11 touchdowns, was able to put up 14 or not able to put up, but had uh, 14 interceptions, you know, within that time. And that's still learning. Uh, to be an NFL quarterback, he's in a situation right now to where the NFL is so sloppy and they're so loose-lipped to where everybody knows that they want Kyler Murray. So if if there is any confidence that you were trying to build in Josh Rosen, you realize he absolutely he started
0: skilled fourteen games last year, right? Or thirteen games?
2: How I many? He started thirteen games last year.
0: Yeah, because he was hold a starter on, from week yeah. three. Basically, hold on. hold on. Started thirteen games and eleven touchdowns.
3: Pay no but, attention while we're stalling a, for but, a time. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my bad. Thank you. Mean, Point of
2: information. Thank you very much. look No, throwing it out
0: there.
2: So okay. Well, even still, in, in that time, man, still one uh, one solid wide receiver, which is obviously Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, a, a running game that kind of got you know rebooted a little bit with David Johnson after coming back from the injury. But I look at somebody who just didn't have the they, they didn't he didn't really have a lot of the support that he kind of needed his rookie year. I do see somebody that had a lot of fire. I do see somebody that wants to win. I do see somebody that has every single tool to be able to be a great quarterback in in, in the NFL. So I say give him an opportunity, but I understand why you can look at a guy like Kyler Murray and see the flash and see the Heisman and see the baseball uh, possibilities and say, there's no way that we wouldn't uh, take this guy. But I think Josh Rosen will not be an Arizona Card- Cardinal next year. And I honestly think he's going to spend a lot of time making the rest of the league kind of regret that.
3: All right. Just so you guys know, going into this final round, um, we got uh, Lynch. You, you came came to play in that second round. Um, you are currently tied. Okay. You're tied. Eleven all. Just just to let y'all know. I had to do math there. My math stinks. Uh, with that said, um, let's get an NBA question in there. I think the Lakers are just intriguing right now. I think everybody in Portland is having a ball watching the Lakers season implode in the last uh, several weeks basically since Lonzo ball and and, um, and LeBron James went down with injury. This Lakers has been a uh, team has been a train wreck. Luke Walton's going to be gone. Uh, Ingram sitting for the season ball sitting for the season. They're talking about limiting LeBron's minutes. They couldn't get Anthony Davis off season's a big question mark love or hate the lakers should just move on and trade lebron james hate because you you can't do that
0: you i that's not possible you don't trade lebron james because okay okay there's a lot of things here that need to be unpacked one LeBron's going to be a Laker for the rest of his career. It's just that simple. He's, he's older. He wants to finish his career there. You don't trade LeBron. LeBron trades you. <laughs> in Mother Russia, LeBron trades you. Um, two, although I think we all thought that LeBron could do this himself, remember how bad this Lakers team was last year and how LeBron is not quite exactly the same player anymore because he's getting a little bit older, so he can't do what he did in Cleveland where he took that entire team to the playoffs he was also in the east and not the west which also makes a big impact but lebron is going to get anthony davis we know that and he's going to get one other star clay thompson somebody's going to go to the lakers and then that team is going to be at least on paper really stinking good you can get rid of all the the dead wood that doesn't fit with the system or doesn't like playing with lebron or he hurt his feelings or whatever Maybe you keep Brandon Ingram because he showed some promise this year. And then all of a sudden you're a competent team again in the West and you can make the playoffs now. uh, And you have LeBron LeBron, even that not fully best LeBron is still the best player in the NBA. So you don't trade him. You keep him and you use this offseason to build the team that he wanted. I think he knew that this season was going to be a bit tough as well. And uh, yeah, so so. Uh, I absolutely, I'm sorry.
2: Forgive me. Uh, I absolutely hate it. Um, the Lakers, well, LeBron knows what he's doing. I can't speak for Rob Palenka. I can't speak for Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's shown me nothing that uh, he knows how to run a franchise, that he knows how to be a coach or do anything when it comes to having under other talented people. LeBron, at this point, knows that he's, he wasn't going to get Anthony Davis. He's there for four years. He understands that he's going to have an opportunity to play with them for at least two years, which is the reason why you're not going to let this go. This year was a wash. I think the Lakers knew that they weren't going. They thought they'd be able to make some move because you have all the assets. You have Lonzo Ball. You have Brandon Ingram. You have Kyle Kuzma. You thought it would be a slam dunk as far as trading for somebody like Anthony Davis. And New Orleans said they weren't having it. So, uh, but we all know that Anthony Davis is going to go to L.A., you know he's going to sign there as a free agent, so that's that gives them another two years, a uh, two-year window to win a championship. Like Lynch said, man, you know a Bradley Beal, you know a Clay Thompson, one of those other guys, because the Lakers have an opportunity to have two additional max contracts outside of LeBron James and the, all the other guys they have. So if they're really just patient in another year, they're going to get everything that they want, and they're going to be in that mix. Uh, Golden State at that point, we assume Kevin Durant will be gone, so they probably won't be the exact same team that we're used to seeing. So, yes, there's definitely an opportunity for LeBron and whomever decides to sign uh, with the Lakers to win within the next four years. And then from there, a lot of people are going to be pissed off because the Lakers are going to be back in the championship mix.
3: All right, let's tally this up here. Uh, all right oh well, well, just yeah. wow just perfect timing Wow Wow we did it in one music bed today. All right. our winner today by one point in a come from Behind victory. Hey hey, hey, hey Mike Lynch. Whatever dude
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's because I distracted him in the middle of a segment. <laughs> <laughs> in the second one with the I had to go look back Josh Rosen
3: 13. I, stars. I did not um, do the time penalty I let that you know that no it's all it's I all did good. notice you let the you paused the time in your
0: head yeah all right let's break coming up next we'll figure it out one final segment to go here on the fan
1: weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
0: All right, one final segment to go here on Sports Sunday. Thanks so much for listening and texting us on the Better You Today text line at 55305. If you're curious, I did not put soccer on today. I normally put soccer on when we come in here. I did. You did, yeah.
2: I was just preparing for you to come. I knew you were going to come and turn it straight to channel whatever soccer comes on.
0: NBC Sports Network? Oh, that one, yeah. 732? Yeah, I don't. You know what I did? I changed it. Yeah, I asked you what you wanted to watch. You gave me three options. Yep, three options. I I said Premier League, and then I said Bruce Almighty, and honestly, I don't even remember the last option because you picked Bruce Almighty.
2: Yeah, Bruce is a great, great movie. That's an easy pick for me, man.
0: This This is is a really, I think, underrated movie because I don't remember anyone talking about it or referencing it, but I very much enjoy it.
2: No, Bruce, this is—I think this was really Jim Carrey's last good
0: movie. Hmm. What year did it come out? I don't remember.
2: Uh, this had to have been like two thousand two or two thousand three or something like that, maybe, right around there, maybe two thousand one.
0: Is Jim Carrey over or underrated?
2: Um, I would I would probably say underrated as a comedic actor and stuff like that. I think a lot of times we talk about the Robin Williams and all those guys, and, and rightfully so, but Jim Carrey, like like a lot of the great comedic actors, man, started on sketch comedy. You know, started doing In Living Color, which is by far and away the most underrated sketch comedy show, you know, uh, around, not, not named, you know, Saturday Night Live, which is now super overrated at this point. But, yes, man, Jim Carrey was Ace Ventura. Yes. Which is a classic, classic character from any movie. Quotable as all hell. Absolutely. First one or second one. There is a million quotes from both of those movies. So. Yeah, but,
0: I mean, come on. The Pet Detective. That's But
2: he was also Lloyd Christmas yeah. from Dumb and Dumber, which yep. may possibly be the funniest movie ever made.
0: He was also so I'm just looking now. It was not the last good movie he made, in my opinion. He made Yes Man in 2008. I liked that one. Yes too. Yes Man was a good one. Uh, oh, the that, Truman think,
2: Show, when he did a film, and course. actually was was a, a and that was really a good movie. One. The Man on the Moon, when you know when he played and Andy Cable Kaufman, man, Cable Guy. I went to go see that in the theater right there at the Lloyd Center. Man, that was an awesome movie. So, I mean, lately I don't know if he's had anything. I know he's you know kind of. Dived into like he's a, a little strange now. Yeah, he makes films now, not necessarily movies. He makes things, he makes but thinking pieces. His
0: interviews are weird too. He's a, he's an interesting guy now, he's but a weird. He's a weird dude now. He is still in. I think always will be a nineties and early thousands actor. I, I think his his prime has passed, But I fire Marshall Bill, bro. Like he is you, so funny. If you've never seen his, in his Living Color, physical comedy is so funny. If you've
2: never seen in Living Color, Fire Marshal Bill was one of the best co- best characters that show had. Absolutely.
3: It's his comedy is one of those things that I think it's like it's like clothing in an era where you're wearing it and you think you look really good and you look back on it 20 years ago and you're thinking, what am I thinking? That kind of reminds me of Jim Carrey's comedy. Not to I to say know. He's not funny because I, I liked I liked Ace Ventura a lot. Like, that's my favorite Jim Carrey movie. But I still, if I was to look back on it today, I don't think it would do as well today if it was released in theaters as it was in the 90s. No, I
0: 100% agree with that. There, I mean, comedy changes. It was a very
3: stoner age, uh, Lanes World type of era at that point.
0: Well, because Dumb and Dumber. Right now, you don't have that works though. Right now. Well, Dumb but, and Dumber will still work right now. No, because they made that stupid remake and it didn't work. It no, the bad. remake
2: was ridiculous, but the original Dumb and Dumber, I think you make that again right now with those with those same characters, it still
0: works. Maybe, but that's an iconic movie. Yes, I th- but he's talking, just talking about his his type of comedy. Jim Carrey, and I, I'm I'm saying that because it's physical comedy. He's all about weird faces and moving his hands in weird ways and all that kind of stuff. That's Jim Carrey. I don't know if that really exists anymore. Like, do we have anybody who does that currently? Who's no, because a-
2: nobody's funny anymore. Like all the all the comedians and everything, they're so dry. And so the the Louis, the Louis Cks and all the guys that people really, you know, put on this pedestal for for comedy, they're all so dry and boring. And like, I don't know. So no, like there's that 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 guy doesn't exist anymore. You know, the Gallagher's who was never funny, but come out there and smash a watermelon. Like the, those days are over.
3: Oh, there's funny people there out there. It's just I what's it? It's a are different funny kind funny of funny.
2: I mean, I mean, it's it's not, totally not different. Not in the way. Not in the way of Jim Carrey. No, not because in the way that's past. Chris Farley and those guys that well, use their body and all the. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's those. A lot more those of a guys dry dry are. Yeah, now. those guys are over.
0: Yeah. It's more of a dry humor, but I, I don't think that means that there's not good comedians, though.
2: I'm not saying they're not good comedians. Well, I'm just saying they're you all dry. They're just there. They're all. I think
3: it's it's shifted towards more of a sophisticated style humor. Yeah, more of
2: a more of a kind of snarky, smart-ass type of type of humor now as opposed to you know using your body using your face and everything to be fun last of a dying breed, Jim Carrey.
0: although i think you are right if these movies got released now i'm not sure they would do quite as well it depends on which one
2: ace ventura i think still works especially considering the story with the miami dolphins everything ace ventura still works i think uh what's a uh, dumb and dumber still works but they're the most of them i think i could
0: see how a lot of them wouldn't do as well maybe Alright, that music means it's time we gotta go. We'll be back next week, nine to eleven once again. Keep you up to date on all the blazer stuff that's going on. They'll have a couple more games this week, important games, although they do have a couple of gaps here where they have some days off because of how crazy the trip just was. I think they play the Clippers again on Tuesday, so they get a couple days, and then I think after that they play again on Friday or something. So they get they get some days off in between here and there, so. Uh, We'll talk about the games that they play this week. Next week, any other news that pops up will be discussed and whatever else comes to our mind. Sports Sunday, after all. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat!